0: to His Lens, My Image podcast. I am your host, Myesha Price. And to my left, I have a special guest with us here today that's going to share her experience as we go into this month of May. And we honor mothers. We want to honor those who make the sacrifices, who bared the armor and took on the task and raised their children and did it with grace. So... Today, we have with us Crystal Hatcher. She was born and raised in New York City by her father and moved to New Jersey in 1991. She has worked in the banking industry for over 17 years. And with that and all the other things about Crystal, we will get into in this conversation. Visionaries, help me welcome Crystal to the conversation. Thank you. Crystal. Hey. How are you, Alicia? Thank you. I'm glad to be here. That's good. That's good. I'm so happy to have you here with me today. And you know, when we were sitting down at the party, and I saw you, and we were I heard you talking, I was like, it was like a light bulb went off. It was like, <laughs> ping, that's somebody else we can have a conversation with. Because for me, I always wanted this platform to be a safe place for people right. to share their journey. Because you never know. Who out there may need to know your story, may need to hear it, and it can be an encouragement or maybe just what they need, the breaking point that they're at in their lives, that they need to hear words that somebody else has been through what I've been through, lived through it and survived it and can make it and show me that this right here is not something that's going to break me in half and take me out. So I thank you for... Wanted to get part of that conversation. So let's just jump into it. So growing up, Crystal, you know, tell us about how it was for you growing up as a child in a father, in a house
1: being raised <laughs> by your father. It was very difficult <laughs> because I didn't know my bi- biological mom actually until I turned 32 years old. Wow. So just I read, my dad raised me. And with the help of my grandmom who lived in Philly. So I was from New York to Philly, but it was an experience. And my grandmother played a major part in my life as well, too. Wow. She was one heck of a woman. Wow. And I give her the utmost respect. God rest her soul. But I love my grandma. My father was amazing. He took my sister and I, when we were babies, Mm -hmm. from my mother because she was an alcoholic. Got you. So from that, that's where my strength came from. Mm-hmm. And I just been just living, you know, it was rough. It was mm-hmm. difficult. I wanted to give up. But every time I looked at my daughter, I realized I couldn't because right. if I gave up on my baby, so will the world. Absolutely. You know, it's being homeless. It wasn't a joke at a teenager. <laughs> I believe it. It was it was rough. You had ups. You had your downs. Living in a shelter. Not knowing when you're going to rest your head. Not Mm. knowing when you're going to get your next meal from. Mm -hmm. Living in a hotel with my baby for a year and a half. Wow. Cooking on a hot plate. That was my stove. Wow. My refrigerator was a cooler. Wow. But we made it. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. And the thing about it
0: is, and I heard you mention it, about your strength. Right. Where you got your strength from. Right. And having that grandmother and that father, you know, some people would think men are the, the stern ones in the household. They're just structure and the motherly nature. But sometimes when we're put in positions where we have to, he did what he thought was best for his children. Right. And he knew that that situation that y'all would have been exposed to would have been something that was going to be detrimental to you. So he did what he thought was best. And it's not too many, you know, we praise the mothers a lot, right? but sometimes it's the fathers that don't get enough credit for them staying when they could have walked away. Yep. And, you know, for your dad to see and not be like, oh, I ain't doing that. And just send you to your grandma and say, you know, you're going to have to take care of that. No, he said, you know what? These my
1: kids. I'm going to do what I need to do. Make sure they are." Right. Yep. And that's exactly what it was. Because, like I said, I was 11 months My sister and I are 11 months apart. So like I said, we were babies. We probably were still in Pampers. And there's a lot of stuff you growing up, especially with a father, that he doesn't teach you that a woman could about Mm -hmm. your menstrual psyche, about love. And I think that's why one of the reasons I got pregnant so young, because I don't ever remember my dad saying, I love you. I don't remember him. Embracing us, giving a giving us a hug. Right, you know. This this teacher called. Oh, I ain't going up to the school. I got to work. Parents are so we're so different back then because mm-hmm. they had to work and they work hard. But even though my dad put me out when I was pregnant, mm-hmm. I still respected him because. He put me through that. So I my strength, whatever negative that I've been through, mm-hmm. I learned from that and I lived through that. And that's what made me stronger. Two things I always said in my life. I will never again be homeless and I will always have food to eat me and my family. And that's what that's what it is, because when you down, mm-hmm. it takes a while to get it takes a while to get back up. Right. But I had friends even 40 years later. They still my friends. From those, those those good friends, right? That you still exactly. call a friend, and exactly. Be 40 years deep into it, exactly. Yeah, and they. That's how I. That's how I got through. And then the guy, my daughter's father, he wasn't worth nothing. But <laughs> by my dad working two jobs, I was just looking for that love in a man. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got pregnant at so young because I was just looking for. Somebody to love me, but once I got pregnant, it was happy for me, even though I was young, but I was mature. But I was like, I finally have somebody to love me, and I can love them back, right? And that's exactly what I was looking for.
0: So, let's 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 dig into that. So, you being a mother at the age of 17, Mm -hmm. how when you told your father? So how did your father find out you was pregnant?
1: Let's, oh. let's, let's back that up. Okay. How he found out you was pregnant? Or did you just come out and tell? him? I didn't even tell him. I hit my oh pregnancy. Oh boy. I hit my pregnancy for six months. Woo. And there was a lady that he was dating before he got married. Her name is Lena. And to this day, we are still cool. And back in the day, you know, the older people could just look at you. Mm-hmm. She pregnant. Mm-hmm. She called my dad on the phone. Soon as he answered the phone and he looked at me, he said, come on upstairs. He said, are you pregnant? I said, yep. He said, do you want to keep your baby? I said, yes. You know what he told me? What? You got two weeks to get out of here. Wow. He took me to the courthouse, tried to get me out the house. They said, it's nothing you could do. You're responsible until she's 18. He took me to the precinct, tried to get me out the house. They told him the same thing. He said, "And it's nothing I could do to the guy because he didn't rape her. He looked at me, and I'll never forget. I left in two weeks. It was snowing, and I had a suitcase. With six, a six-month
0: baby. R- I was girl. still
1: pregnant. You're still pregnant at yep. six months. Yes, yes.
0: Right. That's brutal. Yes, that's, that's. You know, some would say it's a measure of tough love, but then on the other hand, it's like it's damning to a child. Yes. To hear. Okay, granted, I I, I didn't got pregnant. But for you to say to go try and take me here, right? Take me to the police station, <laughs> like do all of that, and then like yo, you got two weeks, and you you got to get out of here. You know, just hearing you talk about it, right? It's like when you think about the fact that in the beginning, when you didn't think our mother was qualified enough to take care of us, you assumed the job, right? So I have to now do that that same very same thing. Mm-hmm. And raise a kid, but I, I, I'm not out here drinking and or, I, I just, I'm a young mother. Right. And for you to, to now put them and say, oh, you got two weeks and you're, you're done.
1: That is some harsh, harsh words to have to stomach. Yeah. And I felt like the cycle was repeating itself because mm-hmm. some were rejected from my mom because I was like, how are you going to allow a man take his kids? And you didn't even try to stop him? You didn't even look for her. She didn't even look for us. Wow. I don't want to found her at 32. So once once my dad said, you got to go, wow. I was like, how could you do... You took me from my mother for this just to turn your back on me. 17 years later. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, it's
0: just when you look at it from your mother's perspective, it's like, all right, so you didn't... You had to go find her. But could have been also on her side of it, it could have been she's embarrassed that she left y'all. Yes. And... You don't know how a person's going to respond to that, right? Even if she got clean, it's like, how do I jump back in their lives Mm -hmm. at this age? And I'm like, I didn't do what I was supposed to do from the beginning. Like that, that right there, that's a lot for a person to stomach. And even although you know, from the kids' eyes, like, well, you you need to be there. You you need to show up. Like you're supposed to come back and find us and look for us, but. Sometimes we have to look at the whole picture, not saying she's right, not saying you're wrong, but it's, it's hard sometimes for people to admit their faults. I agree. It's very hard. Mm-hmm. And even, even for your father stepping into saying that, you know, how did those, I understand, you know, you, you left the house with your suitcase and in the snow, but how did those words, um, affect you to a point to continue to push forward?
1: Honestly, I feel I didn't have a choice but to press for it. I'm pregnant. I know I'm having a baby. I didn't know how I was going to make it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know the, sh- the love that people have because you don't really trust people. But I mm-hmm. just know I was pregnant and what I, I had to do, what I had to do to save my baby. I didn't know how we was going to eat, but I just kept I just kept pressing forward. Wow. I didn't even have a plan, but it seemed like the plan found me. Right. And sometimes we don't have a plan. Right.
0: Sometimes we really don't. And you know, I I can remember like a situation um when I left New Jersey to move to North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, which I tell the whole entire story <laughs> in my book that I wrote. And um I remember leaving. Like I, I had an album release. And then I went on vacation and then I come off a vacation and then I have to let family members know, Hey, I'm moving in about four weeks. They're like, Whoa, 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 whoa." Moving where? Like, Oh, you move around the corner. No, I'm moving to North Carolina. What the heck is in North Carolina? Where are we going there for? And I was like, I just, I, I have to go. Right. For me, I had to go. Right. Um, it's something that I don't expect people to understand. But what I did was I was expecting somebody to at least have a level of compassion and say, you know what? I don't understand it, but I love you enough to know that I'm going to pray for you and trust that you're going to make you going to be all right. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not what I got. Right. That's not that's not the response that I got from the people that were closest to me, because those are the ones that can hurt you. Right. The ones that are closest to you? Um, and it took me a while to grasp that. And even friends that I had when I lived in New Jersey mm-hmm. wind up dwindling off, but I gained new friends in the process that still I'm now <laughs> better friends still <laughs> yep. than I was the one before I left. But it was the unknown. I remember taking that nine hour ride down there and like driving as I see the thing. Never in my life have I left New Jersey right. and moved like I've lived in Pennsylvania, but I never left New Jersey. And not only was I leaving it, but I was leaving it by myself. So taking a journey where you walking into the unknown, yep. not knowing what it is, not knowing what to expect. All you know is what you have and what you have, what you have with you and what you have in your possession at that moment. And you like, all I got is faith to trust that this is going to be all right when I get to the next destination. When you
1: left, where, where did you go? My sister, boyfriend, mom. Your and, sister's boyfriend mother. And she already had wow. 15 kids of her own. Say what? <laughs> she already had 15 kids of Ooh, her own. Woo. But Janie, she was... Mm. She could have had 20 kids, but she always welcomed you in her home. If you needed a place to stay, you call Janie. If you needed a plate of food, call Janie. She, wow. she welcomed me in. And then... I was with her for a couple of months after I had the baby and I just couldn't do it. I got tired of sleeping on the couch, tired of my baby sleeping in the stroller. And I was like, I can't live like this. And then I went down to social service and they put me up in a hotel. Wow. Because I wanted something more because I only had a couch. And I was like, this can't be my destiny at all. At all. And I was like, I just want something more. So that's how the process got me rolling up, getting into the hotel. Wow. And still trying to go to school and still trying to go to high school. <laughs> wait a minute. We, <laughs> we forgot all about that part. She was 17 <laughs> and then, that high school was still prevalent. So we,
0: wait, let's back this up. <laughs> back it up. So we, we find out we pregnant. We tell her dad we pregnant. He pulls us out. After two weeks of knowing, we walk out here, we go stay with Miss Jamie who got 15 plus in her household. Mm-hmm. And yet we still going to school. Yep. If that ain't endurance and <laughs> perseverance, I don't know what is. <laughs> that, that's some serious tenacity to continue to move and and, and to continue to fight. Some would have gave up and were like, yo, I can't do this. But that... That is like the epitome of what strength you have. Mm-hmm. Like to see you is one thing, but to know your story and to hear what you've been through,
1: that's yeah. <laughs> Even by me just sitting here sharing it, it just brings back memories. Some good, some bad, but I still get emotional just to think of it because I know what I've been through Mm -hmm. and I know where I am today. Right. And that's why I tell anybody I'm not ashamed of anything. No. It's one thing that I wish I would have did is graduate high school, but I didn't because I was in a situation where Mm -hmm. it's either you go here or you go here. And it was like, get my daughter a safe place to stay. And that was more important. But God is good because eventually I went back to college. I got my, go. got my, got my GED, my two year associate's <laughs> degree. And nobody could take that away from me Absolutely, you living with my father, he put me and my sister down. You know, I remember being a teenager. Yeah. I ain't going to be nothing. Wow. You're not going to do anything. So when I got pregnant, it was such shame to him because if he told me if you get pregnant, you're Getting the hell out of here, and he lived by them words because that's exactly what. Happened. Wow, that's exactly what happened. But look
0: at you now, right? That's that's the true test, right? To know that you went through all of that, right? And to see on the other side of that with your sanity, right? I'm sure it was not easy, no. Um. But you never let that stop you from achieving still the goals you had before you got pregnant was to get your high school diploma. Right. You got it. Yes. (laughs) You not only did that, but then you went a little step further. You said, I'm going to go get my associates. You got it. Yes, ma'am. And again, nobody can take you away, but it's looking at it now. It gives new meaning to it. Yes. Because I did this at a time where it was told to me that it wasn't possible. Right. Because sometimes people think, oh, you have a kid at a younger age, your life is over. Right. That's not true. Right. Now you might have to do some pivoting. Of course. Take a reset, gather yourself, (laughs) reevaluate how you, you know, was moving. But that doesn't mean that your vision and your purpose is stopped. Right. Because we got a little bump in the road. We got a little detour now, or you know, we done added some extra miles, right, on the highway because we done we done made a pit stop a little too long somewhere. Right. But to to just hear you talk about that, you know, I, I see the passion, I, I see the pain, I mm-hmm. see the joy in it all in one right. moment. Because, like you said, when you're talking about something that you've lived through. Mm-hmm every emotion possible human and mankind will start to rise back up. And even though you may be healed from it, you may be over it. It is still a part of who you are. That doesn't mean that you're less of a person because you didn't do it by the so-called book that others perceived it to be, but it went according to what God designed it to be. Right. If you would have graduated, who knows if you would have graduated on time and then had your child later on, would that mean you would have had the same kind of strength? Because now I done did my life according to how my dad told me life's supposed to go. So now, oh, I, I look at it a little bit there. Oh, I got my life all set up. Right. No, sometimes we have to go through certain people have to go through certain things because there's a different level of strength that you're going to have to be able to. You're going to encounter some people mm-hmm. that's going to need to see and hear and and grab a hold of that strength. Right. Right. That they see in you. And not only did you do it for yourself, but you also now showed your daughter, baby, when it get rough, guess what? That'll mean you stop. Right.
1: So you, you wind up giving birth. I take it when you were 18, 17, you were still 17. at Yes. Time. Cause I was 16 when I got pregnant. I was 17 when I gave birth. Okay. Yep. All
0: right. So you're 17 when you gave birth. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh. <laughs> but look at me now. I'm yeah, down. yeah, I'm yeah. Smiling. So, so raising your daughter, how was that? It was I had a support group. Mm. It wasn't it wasn't easy. It wasn't hard, but I guess like I say when people put me down, I was like it's like I always had to prove them wrong. And that's what it is. You went. You not because everybody told you me. you ain't gonna get that. You not gonna be this. You not gonna do that. You're not good enough. You not so all my knots that people I turned them to yes because it seemed like I had to fight so hard, but I had to prove to them. But most more I had to prove to myself that right. they were wrong. Absolutely. I wasn't wrong. I was right. And that's and that's what it was. You know, it's crazy because. When you have
0: families and parents that were raised in traditional, I don't want to say, I guess you could say it's traditional um, or like old school home. Yeah. They, they only know one way is yep. you get an education, you get a job, you go be something, you go get a pension, and you retire. And that's life for me. That's not living. No. Now for some people, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying that that's not the story for some folks. It just ain't the story for me. Right. Because like, I've never, I never fit in the mold. It, it just never worked. I, I never was the, you know, typical kids. I started working probably when I was like 12. Out <laughs> of <laughs> mindset, Listen, we gotta get this money. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it was me working at this, this after-school program undercover, me and my brother on snow days, you know, we got that shovel, we shoveled everybody's house in the neighborhood, made a couple of dollars. You know, it was, it's always been that hustle mentality has always been, I'll tell you, it stems from me, from my mom. My mom, we, we, me and my brother watched her raise two kids on her own, right? My brother's father wasn't even coming through the picture. My dad's popped in when he felt like it. Mm-hmm. and try to show it with gifts like he been here all along. <coughs> and he ain't been here all along. <laughs> He's lying. So, you know, to be raised in that kind of environment and to watch my mom work two and three jobs to provide for her kids, but we never went without, right? That right there, you know, seeing it. So I know for your daughter probably watching you provide for her and take care of her was probably a lot. Yeah, I'm great
1: homage to you for for doing that because that's I appreciate. It. She lived a struggle. She was she was there, but one thing my daughter does know, I never gave up. Mm-hmm. I never gave up on her. Mm-hmm. And then after I got tired of living after the hotel, I moved to the South Bronx because they had people coming to the hotel mm-hmm. and they take you around looking for apartments. So mm-hmm. that's how I got the apartment up in the Bronx, and we lived there for like seven years, but. It was nice because it was better than a hotel, but taking her to daycare. And that's when crack just came out. And I was wow. like, we sitting there counting, counting the crack vows, going, taking her to daycare. I was yeah. like, I can't live like this. Right. And I left New York when I when she was nine. Wow. And that's when you moved to Jersey. Yep. And still a single parent because her dad
0: wasn't there. Right. So did her dad ever come back around in the picture? He was a drive-by. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll well, see that see I see you. And that means he did not come back rapid. <laughs> <then>. Right. <laughs>
1: right. He he did his due and, and he just kept it moving. Right. And then the worst part about when I got pregnant, I told him I was pregnant. He said, is it mine? Oh. I was 16, but he was the only one. So I knew. I wasn't willy-nilly. I wasn't out there. Right. Was, people look at your age. That's all they see is your age. Mm-hmm. They don't look at your mom and it was like, she's 16, but she's ma- she's a mature 16. Right. They don't see that part. They just take you for face value. Mm-hmm. She a child. She don't know. I remember getting on the bus, going to school, and this lady looking at me with disgust because I was pregnant. Listen, I remember being 16 and
0: <laughs> people thought I was either in high school and no graduating or college. Mm-hmm. And even when I went to college, they thought I was the teacher at the school. And I was like... I would because I never carried myself in a place right. in a way that made you think that I was that age. Right. I've always been. They used to say I was an old soul, and I, I, it is what it is. I've I just I've never been that that stereotype of sixteen year olds are supposed to act like this and do this. I, I wasn't. I was trying to figure out how I was going to be the first African American female president <laughs> of the United States. I'm mad at you. How to get this thing? <laughs> Think about none of that. I was trying to figure this out. Like how we go yeah. get this process going. But it's it, it's crazy how you would sleep with a person and then turn around and say, Well, is it mine? Right. Fool, you the only one I slept with? What you talking about? Is it yours? Now we're doing the denial thing, like you don't remember laying down here. But, but oh okay. All
1: right. But prior to that, oh, you get pregnant, I'll be with you. That's the oh, I'll be with y'all take mm. care of the baby. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and it's and I think looking at it in today's society and with the rate of people killing their kids or yes. you know doing the craziest things it's so heartbreaking cuz it's like if you don't want them please take them to somewhere to safety. Yes. Um and then with so and, and so many things that's just happening in the world as a whole it's like this age of raising kids in is hard. The internet it, it has ruined at all. <laughs> it's too much at their fingertips.
1: It's hard. It, honestly, it's harder now because like you said, back then, we didn't have cable TV. Right. You wanted to turn the TV. You got off the couch and you turned it knob, Fickle the <laughs> little before you foil. Exactly. Make sure the antennas was right. <laughs> we didn't have laptops. iPhone. We have a phone. We used the, the pay phone. Right. That was at the corner. Exactly. And it depends exactly. on which corner it was at. Exactly. <laughs> we didn't have we didn't have all that like I tell my granddaughter even today I take her to school every morning and you see the cops there. I was like what happened today we mm-hmm. didn't have to worry about somebody mm-hmm. calling in a bomb threat somebody doing that I was like what happened now nobody well, shooting was, up a school exactly bringing a knife a
0: gun right if they came to school with something they came to school to beat you up with their right. fists. Yeah. at the most they had a box cutter
1: yeah <laughs> And even to this day, I sacrifice. My daughter is 41. I have a 16-year-old granddaughter. Even to this day, I sacrifice for my granddaughter. Because I think that's what I'm here for. Because how can I be raised by my grandmother? And I always say, I don't want to be like my grandma. Mm-hmm. I want to be better than her. Right. i never seen her smoke a cigarette, take a drink, nothing. Wow. And there's one thing she told me. She said, Crystal, I would never tell you not to do something if I'm going to turn around and do it. And that's stuck in my head since I was about 13 years old. I think if a lot more people took that on. (laughs) And that's my model today with my granddaughter. Wow. I changed my work schedule so I know I can take her to school Mm -hmm. and pick her up. And you are, y'all,
0: listen, (laughs) to you and your daughter, (laughs) y'all is doing a very good job because she is a very pleasant, sweet little girl. And I love the, the, I don't want to say the the innocence of her, right? Because there's some kids you meet that's her age that make you want to strangle them because it's like, who are you and where did you come from and you need to go back and try it again.
1: And who's your mama? Yeah, because I want to fight both of them exactly. Because <laughs> exactly. I understand who's the parent in the household. And as a parent, you gotta understand kids are going to mock, not necessarily what you say what you do Mm -hmm. and it's important because growing up moving to Jersey my daughter I think she was like in the second or the third grade trying to help her with her homework Mm -hmm. and I got frustrated because I was still dealing with my own stuff right and I should get frustrated I should curse at Mm -hmm. her Mm -hmm. and I get a call from the school your daughter cursed me out I I asked my daughter I said why do you go to school and curse at the teacher you know what Mm -hmm. she told me she said because you curse at me and since that day, I stopped. And then I realized kids going to. They will mimic they everything they hear and see. And right. So I had to stop. I was 16 and pregnant. And so was my mom. Mm-hmm. But what makes me proud because I broke the cycle. OK. My daughter didn't have her child till she was in her 20s. OK. So I broke the cycle from my daughter being 16 and mm-hmm. pregnant because the struggle is real. Oh, I believe it. Listen, there's no cake walk no. through the streets.
0: Um, it ain't no <laughs> no uh, sparkles and <laughs> confetti going up in the air. No, that's some that's some no, some real work right there. No sunshine and butterflies. Uh uh-uh, uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> I promise you, I was having a conversation with a girlfriend about the other day, and she was like, "I used to say I wanted another kid, but I think I've changed my mind." I said, "Oh, you did." She watched somebody else kid and she was like, you know, I'm not, I'm not equipped for this, this crime stuff. (laughs) I was like, Oh, you thought thought about it. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's, 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 again, it speaks to the Testament of who you are for now, not only just being that figure and showing your daughter away, but you showing now your granddaughter Yes, and to be able to be alive, to be able to see that next generation. Right. Um, that in itself speaks volumes um, because today's society we got there's generations that are missing right where we now no longer have the mother but we got the grandmother raising the child yes you know grandma maybe gone and we got a young mama raising a kid and she's just a kid herself and don't have the tools and knows what to do so the fact that you stayed yes I'm sure help your daughter also stay Even though she was 20s, in her 20s, but still in all, we all have an option to either stay or leave. But the decision to stay is more powerful because now you're able to equip the next generation of entrepreneurs, of leaders of the world, of athletes, of, you know, singers or whatever profession they decide to go in. Mm-hmm. But you play a part right. in our next generation being something and doing something with their lives. So with all of that that you have, if there was one word of advice that you can give to someone that may be a teenage mother or finding out they're pregnant, don't know how to tell their family or even going through the struggle now of being a mother at a young age, what word of advice you can
1: give to them that can help them in this season? I would say, listen, listen to people around you, get a support group, listen to your mother. If your father's around, listen to him. People have to surround people with positive people, Mm -hmm. Everybody that's in my circle is positive. Mm -hmm. And that's what it takes. You have to listen, sit down and talk to somebody that's older. Mm -hmm. Like I could be sitting here today, just laughing. But until you know my backstory, you could be like, now see why she can laugh. Mm -hmm. But just listen to people, follow your heart. Mm -hmm. And for the young girls out there, when it comes down to your body, treat it like a safe Absolutely. Don't give nobody that combination. Right. Don't just give up your precious jewels because once you give it to them, it's out there. If your parents want you to stay in school, stay in school. Mm -hmm. Just, I would just say, listen, but the most important thing is respect. Because if you don't respect yourself, nobody's going to respect you. Absolutely. I know as a parent, sometimes... Get on your nerves. She called me. She tell me to do this, but as a parent, everything that some of these things that these kids going through, we've been there. It's not new to us. Right. It's true to it's true to us. Mm -hmm. And that's what it is. Ain't no reinvented will. Right. Say will. And that's why I have so much passion. I will help anybody if I can. Whether it's a word, whether it's a joke. It's a hug. Mm-hmm. You just say good morning to somebody. You know how that changes somebody's life? You know, and like I know peer pressure is out there. I, I see my, at my granddaughter's school, I see young kids holding hands and this. I was like, when you're 16, you don't, you shouldn't think about a relationship. You, like I tell my granddaughter, I said, if somebody asks you do you have a boyfriend, you know what I say? What I tell her, say, yeah, I got a boyfriend, my books, because mm-hmm. I'm getting all the knowledge that I can. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's what it is. You have to you have to stay in the books, stay in the present. Mm-hmm. A boy is going to come and go. Absolutely. And he's going to treat you like a belt buckle. He just wants another notch on his belt buckle. Wow. And that's all that it is. But you when you're young, you don't understand that. When you get older, you'd be like, okay, that's that's what it is. Mm-hmm. I was like, you think you dating somebody at 16? You think y'all going to be together at 21? <laughs> 16 is just, it's, to me, it's just it's just a phase. Right. But stay present. Res- respect yourself. Respect right. them teachers. If you're going through something, whether it's at home or it's at school, talk to somebody. If you don't feel comfortable talking to your parent. Everybody got a grandma in the neighborhood. Everybody got a, a Somebody friend of right that you can trust. Tell one of your best friends. Maybe you tell her, she'll tell a parent. It's resources out there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of stuff that people don't advertise, a lot of stuff is word of the mouth. Right. So find, find that support group. Know your truth. Right. W- walk in your truth. Once you walk in it, you can live it. Absolutely. Be yourself. Don't be something that somebody wants you to be. I tell my daughter, my granddaughter, I told my daughter, always be a leader. Never be a follower. I tell my granddaughter, if it don't look right, smell right, act right, don't do it. (laughs) Or if you don't think I'm going to do it. (laughs) You know, you got you got to be strong enough to say no. Don't be afraid to say no. Mm -hmm. It's not the end of the world. Not at all. It's not. Not at all. Life is going to go on. Like I say, get somebody that you can trust. When I was young, I never knew what it meant when older people say it takes a village. Mm. I'm 58 years old, and you found out there is a village. It's a village. (laughs) Have a good village. Don't be afraid to ask for help never be afraid to ask for help to reach out that's why some of these young they committed suicide because they don't want to talk to nobody
0: and that's what you know I I have that conversation often with people Um, I said you know I don't really turn my phone completely off Mm -hmm. it's on either silent or I do have the ringer on Um, because you never know what a person may need Right. and sometimes I take the time out when somebody is venting, I'd let them vent. Yes. Because I don't know that by if I say, oh, I got to go. I got something to do or, you know, cut the shirt, you don't know if that's that person's snapping. Yeah. And I don't want that on my conscience yep. that I didn't help somebody
1: mm-hmm.
0: or lend a helping hand or a word of encouragement just to press them a little forward. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take. it doesn't cost you nothing. To just sometimes people don't even need a word. Sometimes somebody just need a hug. Yeah. Or somebody may like I often get tugs on my heart where God I may be in a grocery store. And it I know some people just be looking like, what this is this lady you talking about? But I get tugs on my heart when God act tells me to do something. Um, where it's pay for that person's groceries. Okay okay, get this person this amount of money. Right. But I'm like, bro, what, what are we doing? Not realizing that on the other side of that, there's something that I probably been praying to God for is only released off of my obedience to that very yes. little thing. What I what may look big to me, may look small to me is humongous to somebody else. Mm-hmm. I remember being in a restaurant one time, sitting down, <laughs> having time, we just eating, talking. <laughs> Lady, girl walks by one of the waiters. I was just like, get up and get a girl $100. I'm like, so I tried to play it all because I'm quick for trying to play it off. <laughs> i like, like, I don't hear you talking about. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah. Mm, mm. Right. Just kept going. Get up and go. Now I'm with a bunch of people. Now these people, I know them, but they don't know me in that aspect. Right. So to see me get up, mm-hmm. it's like, I said, all right, this, is, this ain't going to let up. Let me just go get this game on good money. So I literally chased this girl outside. Wow. And I get to her. I said, hey, I don't know your name. I'm not crazy. I said, but <laughs> maybe a little bit. But not crazy. And I said, Hold told me to give you this money. And she looked at me, she's like, What? Unbeknownst to me. I'm writing her check. And she the amount that I wrote to her was the same amount of money that she needed to pay a bill to keep her lights on. Wow. She was like, are you serious? And I'm like, now mind you, she was a Caucasian girl. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we just think other people of other the necessities don't, they don't have issues. Right. So I, I said, listen, I don't know your name. Tell me your name, baby, so I can write this on here. But <laughs> yeah, that's, I'm just a she was like, like, I don't understand how you knew that. I was like, God revealed it to me, made me get up. Can you just tell me your name so I can go back here for this food? So I gave the girl the money and I went about my business and something else that I had been praying for later on wind up coming to pass. But it's just in those moments, I've learned to be intentional. Thank God for ear to hear God when he says step out and do things like that, because I don't know what a person needs. Right. So many times, you know. In my line of work of seeing people commit suicide, hearing about it, all the things that's going on. And people, you know, people criticize people who commit suicide. And I tell them, I said, I don't judge them. No. I don't. I said, unless you've been to that point, you don't know what it's like to be there. I've tried to kill myself. So I know what it's like to get to that point mm-hmm. where you think, they, you know, people are like, oh, well, they're not kids. They should care. No. When they get to that point, they assume that them taking their life, is better for their family. Right. They not thinking about oh, I got kids, I got a job, I got people love. That that's not sometimes that mountain that's standing in front of them mm-hmm. seems more prevalent to them and bigger to them than all of this. So, you don't know what a person need. Yep. And you can see them today. And they smile talking to you. Yep. And then you get a word like, "Wait, I just saw them." Yeah, you uh, we know. You just saw them. Mm-hmm. They don't look. Suicide is not something that is worn and it says, oh, I'm about to kill myself today at five o'clock. They ain't no sticker. Yes. They ain't no badge. There ain't no smoke signals. There ain't no advertising. You, right. That. They're not advertising that. No. They walk around looking just as cool as could because they have made up in their
1: mind when yep. this is over,
0: I'm out of here. I'm out. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's they, it's they, mental, mental health is, is for real. And people. Don't understand that. It's it's real. Absolutely. It's, it's real because <clears throat> I wanted to commit suicide, mm-hmm. but I couldn't. Mm-hmm. I, I just I couldn't. Yeah,
0: it's a lot. It's a lot. And, you know, although we're celebrating mothers this month, it's also celebrating mental health. Bring awareness to that mm-hmm. because it is something that is I think if there was ever a time that it's more evident, it's now. Yep. You know, COVID making us all be boxed in the house kind of really brought it out Mm -hmm. of people and kind of put, scraped away the, pulled the rug back off of our lives and showed all the mess we got up under the rug and showed us just how dysfunctional and jacked up we really are. (laughs) (laughs) And then we need help. Yeah. We need help because, you know, sometimes we get stuck. Oh, that's just the way I am. No, it's not. That's the way you've took on that. That's who you are. Right. That's not who you are.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So in order to find out who you really are, because society tells us that we all supposed to fit into this mold, supposed to look like this, talk like this, be like this,
1: act like this, right. Walk like this, talk like this. No.
0: Yeah. We're not, we're not all meant to look alike, to dress alike, to be alike. all of our features look the same. That's not what God's intended. He made us in the image of his likeness and he made us who we are for a reason to be who we are, not who somebody else tells us who we are, but to be who he's called us to be. So in all of that, we can't just be out here trying to live a, a fake life right, to appease people. And my prayer is always that people be who they are. And I'm thankful that you took the initiative to be who you are, no matter what the situation, circumstances that were passed to you and that you had to carry. Those things built you and made you stronger. They made you the woman that you are today. And because of that, I honor you today. Thank you. The world takes a day out for Mother's Day, but I think every day is a day to celebrate people who has made an impact Whether it's a small impact in the lives of of a little bit of people or it's a masses of people. Mm -hmm. But that itself, your story is one that is impactful, that is assigned to help somebody. Right. I honor you for putting in the work and staying um, and going through the struggle, coming out of the struggle and still being who you are and never losing sight that of who Crystal is. Right. And for that, I give you your flowers today because it's you who we honor. So these are for you
1: You to take with (laughs) you. But I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Oh problem. First of all, I thank
0: you so much for this conversation. I appreciate it. And For whoever's out there that may be going through this struggle, that may be going through this time of you are a teenage mother, you are raising a child by yourself or, you know, maybe your child's father or maybe you are a father that is raising a child by yourself. I want you to know that guess what, no matter what the circumstance that you have to face right now, you were equipped for it. There is nothing that's going to be able to stop you. There's nothing that's going to be able to knock you off your stoop, because what God has equipped you to do, he's designed and gave you the strength and the endurance and the perseverance and the wisdom to know how to maneuver through it. Lean on him, find you a safe community, Find you people that you can lean on, that you can talk to and rely on, that you can trust, and it be a safe place for you to conversate. If you can't find a person, go search your community for a group. There's groups and organizations all over that are out here to help people. But don't be so prideful that you allow your pride to keep you from getting the help that you need to be the best version of yourself for who you are and for your child and for the next generation that has to come behind you. So I thank you all today for joining in on this conversation. And for those who don't know, I want you to put a pin in your calendar on May 19th, which is a Friday at 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. We will be having a Network and Chew a business social event at Relic on State. It is from six to eight. The cost is $25, and we are gonna have a great time. It's a time for new business owners, for people who are thinking about being business owners, for people who work in the business industry, period. Whatever industry you work in, this is a place for us to come and network and join forces and help one another build our businesses and build our ideals and collaborate together. So if you wanna be a part, you can buy a ticket either on my website at www.myeshaprice.com or you can visit Eventbrite and put Network and True Business Social in the search bar and it will come up and you'll see my face. So you know you're at the right event. So I thank you guys again. I thank you, Crystal, for being a part of this conversation. And as we go out, always remember to be you, to love you and see you for who God has called you to be. Have a great one. And until next time, I'll see you later. And I'm your host, Myesha
1: Price.